This is Destinations Beyond Expectations, and you're listening to a Destination Rewind, Nashville Part 2. In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. What's up, students of travel? This is Stevie G, and I'm changing the music right now because I need your undivided attention. I'm looking for your help. We're going to put out a rewind and review episode where Cameron and I answer your questions and comments about anything we did on our adventures to Iowa, the Smokies, Omaha, Iceland, Ireland, or Nashville. Shoot me an email to dbetravel1 at gmail.com or message Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook or Instagram. Include your question or comment, your name, and where you're from, and what you write us might just make the episode. Again, if there's anything you want to ask Cameron and I about our adventures, just shoot us an email to dbetravel1 at gmail.com or message DBE on any of our socials. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Oh, and one more thing, go to dbetravel.com right now and view our Nashville Part 2 itinerary so you can follow along as you listen. You and I have taken some really cool trips. You love telling stories. Yeah, just do it all over again for all of our other trips. Yeah, would you be down for it? Yeah, man, no problem. Let's do it. You're listening to a Destination Rewind. Stevie G and Cameron. Nashville was such a great trip that I couldn't fit everything into one episode. We still have a lot of Nashville to explore this week, but let's take a quick look back at what Cameron and I did in part one. Within four days, we explored the Gulch, tasted hot chicken, visited a few bars around Broadway, learned about horses at the Bell Mead Plantation, explored Nashville on both a trolley and electric scooters, and caught a show at the Grand Ole Opry. Believe it or not, the fun isn't done. We still have a few more fantastic stops in Nashville, so here we go. All right, so we're on to day number five. Wake up, have a solid breakfast at the hotel, and then we make our way to the historic RCA Studio B, where we take a tour. And the RCA Studio B is a super iconic uh, place in Nashville. Artists like Dolly Parton, Charlie Pride, Conway Twitty, and more all recorded hits here. But the most notable artist who recorded at RCA Studio B was none other than the king himself. And the tour gave you a lot of inside information about Elvis and how he spent his time here. You got to see a lot of unique Elvis things around the studio and learn some of the backstories on uh, some of the recordings and things that happened around Elvis in RCA Studio B. Yeah, so most people associate Elvis with Memphis because that's obviously where his home is in Graceland. But to find out that he had a connection over here to RCA Studio B was different for me. I didn't realize that. It's also where I heard a song that I really, really enjoy from the Everly Brothers. I didn't realize it was recorded there. It's called Kathy's Clown. 
Oh, yeah. Kathy's yeah. Clown. Yeah. You like that one. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, but it was neat to see not only stuff from Elvis, um, but like I said, a lot of major country artists that you would recognize from back in the day. And actually, it's still an active studio. So once in a while, bands do actually make recordings in that studio. So that was really unique to see. And they do tours, and I would highly recommend going on that tour to learn a little bit more about the Nashville sound and some of these uh, legendary country artists. Yeah, where else can you sing the same place the King did? All right, so after checking out RCA Studio B and taking that tour, we went on to a really famous spot in Nashville, and that is the Country Music Hall of Fame. And I thought it was really cool because we get up and there's like a large lobby and we got into the lobby and there was a choir singing inside. And when I say choir, I'm talking about like a high school choir who must have been there on their spring trip. It was a nice welcome. Yeah, it was. And the lobby is beautifully, beautifully laid out. There's um, a waterfall they have installed kind of in the steps coming down from the museum. So the group was performing right in front of there. And their music definitely filled up the Country Music Hall of Fame. So for you walking into a place about music, to hear music live in front of you was really, really cool. And for those of you that have never been to the Country Music Hall of Fame, it's an elaborate museum that takes you through the history of country music. And I thought they did a really good job of keeping the older eras like alive and relevant. Mm. Um, because, you know, a lot of people our age might not know about some of the stuff that happened you know, in decades prior. So they did a really good job of highlighting some of the legends in country music. They have so many exhibits too that highlight that covers all sorts of different artists. So again, if you're not really that big into country music, I think you could still enjoy some time here, just learning about the history and seeing all the different exhibits they have. I mean, they had exhibits on guitars. They had a lot of guitar memorabilia on display, a lot of cars, cars. Yeah. That was really cool. And, um, Yeah, there's a lot. And, you know, country music isn't necessarily what you think it is today. There's bluegrass, there's older country, western country, southern roots, uh, you know, rock and roll is mixed in with country. So it's really all encompassing more than just your standard country song in 2020. Yeah. And so the Country Music Hall of Fame is just that it's a Hall of Fame, but it also has a massive museum to accompany it. So that's what we're kind of talking about. Yeah, and getting to that actual Hall of Fame, that is a rotunda that is at the last kind of part of the museum after you make your way through the exhibits. It has everyone's name listed that's inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, wow, there's some real legends in there. Yeah, and we're not going to spoil it for you because you need to go check it out for yourself. But there are a couple of names that really surprised me that they were considered country musicians. After the Country Music Hall of Fame, I was craving a coffee. And I want to give a quick shout out to the Bongo Java Coffee, which was actually in the same building. I got a great coffee, and uh, you didn't get coffee because you're not a coffee guy. Not a coffee guy, no. Nope. Uh, but I enjoyed it, and so I just wanted to mention it in this podcast. So after checking out the Country Music Hall of Fame and then grabbing a quick cup of joe, we walked over to a place called the Wild Horse Saloon. And I want to mention that we walked because everything in this part of Nashville is very walkable, so it's nice and quick and easy to you know, check out shops and check out places to eat and things around the Country Music Hall of Fame. So we trotted down the Nashville roads in our boots and we ended up at the Wild Horse Saloon for lunch. And that's a really cool place um, because it's unique. There's a large dance floor in the middle of the establishment. 
Yeah, and when we got there too, they also have a lot of live music as well. So there was a guy playing by the name of Tim Cody, who I really enjoyed. He and a buddy uh, were playing guitar and singing. I thought it was really, really a good performance, a lot of fun. The place could hold a lot more people than were in there. I think it's more of a nighttime thing. But it looked like a really, really solid venue. They had a bar in the middle, a huge dance floor. It looked like a lot of fun at night. I would definitely check it out. And something cool, after uh, Tim Cody was playing his set and after we ate, a lady actually came up and started doing line dancing lessons. Yeah, so for all of you that have never line danced before, it's a great time to learn and it's really not that hard. So you and I got up there and, uh, you know, we, I think we shut it down, bro. Yeah. I mean, we went out with our boots on. So after the wild horse saloon for line dancing and lunch, we made our way to the Ryman auditorium where we took a self-guided tour. Fun fact, the Ryman auditorium was actually the home of the grand Ole Opry from 1943 to 1974. The Opry actually still takes place at the Ryman during the months of November, December, and January every year. And there's a really cool self-guided tour that you can do to learn about the history of the auditorium and kind of see the auditorium from the seats. And I thought it was really well done. Yeah, if you want to talk about history of Nashville going back into it, it has to start at the Ryman. This place is legendary. The different types of artists that have performed in here I mean, this this is a world-renowned theater. It is amazing. It is fantastic. It is something you should definitely check out if you're a fan of country music. So uh, after checking out the Ryman Auditorium, we kind of just walked around Nashville and, you know, checked out some more shops, checked out some boot shops, some Western wear stores, just kind of like, you know, walked around. And what's really cool is we probably mentioned this earlier, but I just want to touch on it again, is that. You hear music constantly when you're walking through the streets of Nashville. And uh, no matter what time of the day, there's people in bars playing and, you know, the sound kind of bleeds to the outside and there's, you know, a few street performers and things like that. And it's just, there's so much talent in this city. It's just so cool. It's a unique atmosphere to be in Nashville. It's always alive. That's how I like to describe it. It feels alive all the time. So you and I were hungry and we got dinner at the Hard Rock Cafe in Nashville. And uh, for those of you that don't know what the Hard Rock Cafe is, it's, you know, good American fare. It's a chain. And uh, what's really unique about it is the memorabilia that it has uh, within music and, uh, you know, rock music specifically. They have signed guitars, signed pictures, you know, iconic records on display. And so it's cool to kind of have a burger and fries and look around you and there's all this rock history around you. Yeah, Hard Rock Cafe is actually the largest private collector of uh, music memorabilia in the world. And it's displayed through all their restaurants. Fun fact. We were pretty full and tired after doing so much in Nashville on this day. So we went back to the hotel and that was it for day five. Day six. Waking up on our final full day grab breakfast at the hotel, which by the way, it's probably a good point to emphasize here. If you're not getting hotels with breakfasts, you're paying too much. You know what I mean? That's a uh, Cameron fact. Yeah. Uh, get your meals included, folks. Delicious. Great way to start the day. So then for our final full day, we headed to the Hermitage, which is the home of Andrew Jackson. Well, not anymore, but it used to be when he was president of the United States and before and after that. Um, this is one of the most beautiful estates. You know, it's up there with Monticello and Mount Vernon, I think. 
for me. Um, fantastic, fantastic grounds. They do a great job keeping it up. Um, Stevie and I went there, and Stevie got the audio tour, didn't you? Yeah, the audio tour, which was neat because, you know, you you go to these points within the estate, and uh, you click the button, and it tells you all this insider information about, you know, whether it be the plant life or the historical happenings going on at this particular place. Or maybe, you know, you walk up to the horse stables and that's a point there and they talk a little bit about the the horses and things like that. So it's neat to get like an insider's opinion through the audio tour. And it was a really well done audio tour. They gave a lot of great information. And I want to back up a little bit because before you go out and do the tour, they put you through this like video, which kind of explains uh, Andrew Jackson and the uh, his estate, really. And they do a, a good job of acknowledging that there might be controversy, public controversy surrounding Andrew Jackson for some of the things that happened in American history. But really, the focus is not on that so much. And the focus is really on the estate and how things were at the plantation at the time. Exactly. Well, well said. Definitely well said, Stevie. And this location is very well preserved i'll say you definitely feel like you went back in time honest to goodness you walk in the home and everything's pretty much exactly how it was back in the day and i'm pretty sure they said that they did things to it obviously or else it wouldn't still be here sure but it's fantastic to be able to see that and the property itself walking around i mean we it was had, large it was a lot yeah. of space a lot of acres we had our own little adventure there back in yeah. the in the field over there looking in the creek and trying to find them turkeys so yeah even for kids, I think they'd have a blast just running around there and you can check it out. One of the cool parts to me that I had read about, but I hadn't really seen how it was, is where they hung up the butchered meat because they would have to salt stuff to preserve it, right? Right. So they had that kind of like a butcher's house where they would hang it up to salt it and preserve it. That was kind of cool to see. And also the fact that they had the underground uh, kind of like a cooler because the temperature underground is obviously a little cooler. So they would dig or use caves to chill their whatever they needed chilled. Um it was really cool, though. Yeah, there was a lot to see. I mean, you could spend a few hours here. Um, you got an you know an inside look at the the main house, the horse area, the slave quarters, things like that. Um, a lot to see and a lot to learn. Like I said, the audio tour did a good job of describing everything. And beyond that, they even had a couple demonstrations going on. Mm, yeah. uh, they had dueling, right? They had dueling, right? Right. They walked you through dueling. What was the other one? They they had a carriage where they showed you the transportation with the horse. Yeah. Um, And everybody was in old-fashioned attire. And for the kids, there's a place to get ice cream, too, when you're there, enjoying the day. There was a gift shop that you really enjoyed there at the end. Yeah, they had a bunch of tchotchke stuff, so if you're into that, have at it. Once we were done, that was actually a lot of walking. Mm -hmm. And I was hungry again. Honestly, I couldn't get the farmer's market out of of my mind. Yeah, you loved it. And I was like, okay, let's let's go back. Yeah, so we drove back, which was a little bit of a drive because the Hermitage is kind of outside of Nashville. Right. Downtown Nashville anyway. Um, But we came back because it was so good. And there were so many other options I didn't get to try that I wanted to. So I think I had sushi this time. Yeah, I don't remember what I had exactly. But again... So many options. It's not like you're going to the farmer's market. It's either this or that. You're going to the farmer's market. It's either this, that, that, this, A, B, C, D, Z. Like there's so many things to get there. And I really like too, after a a full belly, I like to walk around. So walking through Centennial Park is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it really is a beautiful, beautiful view. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned this earlier or not, but you know, the farmer's market is right on the edge of Centennial Park. Correction again, by Centennial Park. So you can kind of take the pathways and things through the park and it's a really well done park. 
Maybe not as good as Phoenix Park in Ireland. No, it's they're different though. Phoenix Park is very elaborate. Yeah. This one's a lot more concise. Um, good word, concise. Yeah, but it's it's lovely. It really is good for a stroll. So we kind of you know, like you said, got food and and walked around Centennial Park for a bit. Walked a little bit downtown. Maybe hit up some scooters and check some more places out. And I got to tell you. There was something on this trip that was bugging me the entire trip. Mm, yeah, I could tell. It was back on day one, okay, when we got Hattie B's for the first time. When you got handed an L. I, I don't take L's well. You're more of an eat W's kind of guy. Yeah, I, I wanted to eat a W, and it was bugging me the whole trip that I wasn't able to finish that damn hot chicken sandwich from Hattie B's on night one. So I was like, Cameron, we got to go back. I got to conquer this thing. I can't let the hot chicken win. I got to beat the hot chicken. So I did the same thing. I said, sir, I'll take one damn hot chicken sandwich. And this is the part where you know something spicy because the people behind the counter serving the food to you ask you, are you sure? Like they're about to grab a waiver to sign your life away. Are you sure? And I said, yes, but sir, I have a question. How many people actually finish this? And he said about 5%. And I was like, that's all I needed. So I ordered the, the chicken sandwich. And uh, you did, did you get like something without sauce this time? Or without the hot, no hot chicken? Or was it just the regular chicken? I don't think so. I think I exactly mild maybe? I think mine was mild the first time. Okay. Oh no, you know, I dropped down a sauce. Yeah, because mine was kind of spicy too. Yeah, you dropped down yeah. and you were like, hey man, this food's actually good. And I was like, yeah, I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I did drop down. I went, I went one less hot than I did before and I really wanted to taste the chicken because mine had a little bit of a kick the first time. It was delicious. But we weren't here for me. We were here for Stevie. So the food got brought out to him and they set it down in front of him and he's just like licking his lips but angry looking as I've never seen somebody despise a sandwich I so probably much. looked deranged and crazy 100% oh absolutely this yeah. dude was going for it so uh I sit down now I had ordered a couple of additional things for after the sandwich uh they had some pudding they had oh, yeah. uh I got like two things of water there's some potato salad potato salad I think I got coleslaw too potato salad was good and that was to combat the uh ridiculous spice after the after consuming that unreal heat right. within that sandwich so i just I, I sat down and i said there's no way i'm gonna let you win and i did it man i i like it was a lot of tears a lot of ugly crying through it but i got through this entire sandwich with the damn hot and um yeah speed eating was your friend for this one you just tried to get down as fast as possible i gulped this thing down yeah that was a strategy and i did it and i was really happy for doing it and like, was it a pleasant experience? Not really at all. <laughs> Not at all. Not even close, honestly. Um, but the fact that I was able to conquer something that I had set out to do, I was like, yeah, bro. I'm like tasting it in my mouth right now. I had a little tiny piece and I was dying. Yeah. Oh it was pretty gosh. hot. But I'm happy I got, I avenged myself for night number one. No, it's impressive. But it, if you guys ever go there, definitely just do like the least hot or the second least hot. Because it's really enjoyable food. And if you are really tough like Stevie, then go for it. But that wasn't even the hottest one that he yeah. had. Yeah. There was another one up, and I can't imagine what that would taste like. Um, like you did the – it's probably better to do what you did is work your way up instead mm-hmm. of work your way down. Yeah. Start at the bottom like Drake. And yeah. then – Now we're here. Once you're comfortable with it, move up to the hotter flavors. Yeah. But it, it's a great restaurant. Um, we got to check out Prince's next time. Absolutely. Hattie B's for days. 
So after Hattie B's, we wanted to check out a different uh, area of Nashville that we really hadn't explored yet, and that was Midtown. So we went to a couple bars, including uh, Winners and Losers. Yep. Uh, winners had a cool live band in there playing, like uh it was pretty packed but a good atmosphere yeah and they felt like they had a lot of bands come through like a good history of of bands performing there that was a pretty cool this midtown was definitely more our scene i would say it's a little it's off the beaten path sort of and i guess it was more local folk yeah so it was a lot more chill i'd say not that like loud bumping music that you would get necessarily downtown and and broadway in that area but a little more like you said Local. I feel like that's where yeah. the locals go to have a drink and, yeah. you know, hang out. So, yeah, that was really neat. Uh, and then we finished at Midtown at a place called the Kung Fu Saloon. And that was really cool because that was a, a bar that was all about gaming. They had skee-ball, karaoke, and other games like foosball that you could play. And uh, this was a hidden gem for me Yeah, no, in my Nashville. favorite for sure. Yeah. We were there for two and a half, three hours, I think. Yeah. Just drinking beer and playing video games. Like, it was awesome. It was really a lot of fun. Everybody was super nice there. And there weren't a lot of people. It wasn't really crowded. Right. And then they had games on, too. So you could just chill there and hang. Yeah. It was pretty chill. So uh, that oh, was it. And they had karaoke rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had karaoke rooms. So if you had a group of, like, three or four, you could rent out one of these rooms and, like, I don't know, play Celine Dion or something. Just Whatever you screaming. want. Yeah, nobody could hear you. It was soundproof. Maybe do some karaoke to Charlie Crockett. Oh, yeah. I'm from San Benito, Texas. Probably cut that out. No, we're going to leave that in. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was where we ended up uh, the last stop of that night. And it was a good place to cap it. And um, that was it for day number six. Day seven. that was that was cameron waking up on day seven and so we woke up and we really didn't do much more in nashville because we went back to the airport which you said was a great airport yeah and we got on a flight and where in the world do you guys think we went drum roll please cameron where did we go we went to iowa Yep, we got on a plane and flew to Cedar Rapids and did an amazing trip in Iowa, which if you haven't heard, go back a few episodes uh, where we actually cover this trip. And uh, man, that was really cool to, yeah. to couple, you know, a whole experience in Nashville with Iowa. It was an epic, epic journey over a span of like 10 days. Yeah, and had a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. both those places. And so, uh, yeah, that was it for Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. So looking back on the Nashville experience, I think some of the things we didn't get to do, we should probably talk about those, huh? Yeah, definitely. There was so many things to do. Um, Biscuit Love was highly recommended to us by a few people, and we just didn't have the time, man. Like you right. had to stand in line for a good bit. And uh, but I heard it's a great brunch place, especially if you're like a bachelorette party, get a little, you know, food and boozy, right. and uh, it's a good place to check out. Prince's which we mentioned earlier to get hot chicken. That's the other notable place to, you know, try some hot chicken in Nashville. Yeah. That's the original place. What people say. Oh, that's is that the right? Original Nashville hot chicken place where it all started. Yeah. So make sure you hit up Prince's. Yeah. Um, a lot of people talk about the Nashville zoo at Grassmere. Apparently it's a really nice zoo. I don't know much about it, but right. no, it um, looked nice and we were trying to get out there, but on the last day we just couldn't 
Couldn't do it. Didn't have the energy. Yeah. Percy Warner Park, uh, which is a large park with walking trails, recreation areas, and more. That's a little bit outside of Nashville, but mm-hmm. again, uh, recommended to me, and uh, we didn't, we didn't, just didn't have the time to do it. And then there's the, the Johnny Cash Museum, which I wanted to do, but... It's, it's tough, man. And it's crazy because I feel like we accomplished so much in like just over six days, but there's, there's still so much more to check out. Like yep. we could go back to Nashville and do another trip with the same time duration and do completely different things. Yeah. that's the beauty I think about traveling is that even if you go back to the same place, you're never going to have the same trip. There's always something different or new to experience. Yeah. So one thing cool I want to talk about too is, you know, we went to Iowa next, right? And uh, we met Jimmy Allen in Iowa and part of the conversation I had with Jimmy Allen was about Nashville because, you know, his backstory is, of course, he tried to make it in Nashville for a while and, uh, you know, it was tough, but he eventually broke through. But it was neat asking him, you know, like, you know, have you done the Opry? And he said, yeah, he did the Opry and it was an amazing experience. And uh, I asked him about some of the local places and he was like, yeah, dude, I've actually, you know, performed at that place Winners down in Midtown. I was like, dude, that's really, really cool. So it was it was really neat kind of telling Jimmy, you know, we were just in Nashville right. where you were for a while. I, you know, I asked him, have you ever had Hattie B's? He's like, oh yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it was, it was just cool. Like having that connection with uh, Jimmy Allen in Iowa and just coming from Nashville. So I know for a fact that Nashville is one of, if not the fastest growing major cities in the United States. And so I felt like there was a real vibrant young energy throughout the city and it was just really cool to experience. If you're a, if you're you know a millennial or even a Gen Gen Z, you would you would really really enjoy Nashville. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, the only reason I think you wouldn't like Nashville is say you're a person that doesn't like a lot of people and you know you, you don't like country music. Then you can experience things like the Hermitage and the nature scene. But outside of that, I mean, you'd probably be better off going to Yosemite or something. If you hate country music, it is going to be a little hard to escape it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But if you can just embrace it, even if you're not a huge country fan, just just kind of embrace it. That's what the town really is. It's the heart and soul of American country music. Well said, Stephen. Um, you know, the Gulch, like we kind of touched on earlier, had some great food options. Um, so food was was really good across Nashville. Which you were happy about. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed the food. The hot chicken especially, like we talked about. Well, that's it for Nashville. And that actually concludes all of our Destination Rewinds, at least for now. We might have some more coming up soon or in the future. So thanks, Cameron, for sitting down with me and going through all of our our really neat trips that we took. Thanks, Steve. Looking forward to the next adventure. Thank you for listening to Nashville Part 2 and all of the other Destination Rewinds. Remember, if you have any questions or comments about the adventures we took in Iowa, the Smokies, Omaha, Iceland, Ireland, or Nashville, let me know. Email me at dbetravel1 at gmail.com and you could be a part of the show. Are you a fan of the podcast? Consider showing your support by giving us a five-star review on Facebook or the audio streaming site of your choice. Five-star reviews help us grow so we can reach more students of travel. Don't forget to follow DBE on Snapchat at DBE Travel to get an exclusive view of my adventures. All right, that's all I got for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and I will talk to you soon. Destinations Beyond Expectations is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures 
If you need help planning your next student group trip, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Visit them at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 when you're ready to plan your next school trip. Again, that's www.mykatrip.com or call them at 800-774-7337.